The days of self-isolating after contracting COVID are soon to come to an end. Starting March 20th, people who have only mild symptoms of the disease need just observe five days of self-health management. That means they are free to go out and about for the most part. Let's hear from the CECC. Starting March 20th, patients with mild symptoms will not be required to self-isolate, and only cases with moderate or severe symptoms will have to be reported. Unless we see the emergence of some new subvariants besides Omicron that pose a certain threat, I don't think we will be reinstating any previous restrictions. Starting March 20th, only moderate and severe cases of COVID will have to be reported to the government. People with severe symptoms are advised to rest it out at home but are allowed to head out if they wish so. When heading out, they are advised to keep a face mask on at all times and not to go to crowded areas. The government says these are just recommendations. The matter is ultimately left up to each person as there are no fines that can be enforced. President Tsai Ing-wen is set to meet U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in California during a transit in early April. China has protested the plans, but the U.S. Department of State says the meeting would be consistent with long-standing U.S. policy. Some reports say that the location was decided to be in California in order to avoid a bigger reaction from Beijing. Should Tsai and McCarthy meet in Washington, D.C.? Earlier this week, U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy confirmed reports that he would be meeting Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen in the U.S. in early April. As expected, the plans have ruffled feathers in Beijing. We are gravely concerned over this and have made serious demarche to the U.S. side demanding clarification. China firmly opposes any form of official interaction between the U.S. and the Taiwan region. Transits of the United States by high-level Taiwan officials are consistent with long-standing U.S. policy and with our unofficial and strong relations with Taiwan. Uh, President Tsai herself has transited the United States six times in the last seven years. In response to China's protests, the U.S. stressed that transits such as Tsai's were in line with long-standing policies on the matter. What's more, the Taiwan Travel Act, passed in 2018, allows high-ranking officials such as Taiwan's president to travel freely in the U.S. Reports say President Tsai had originally planned to visit Washington, D.C. and meet with McCarthy in the East Coast. The meeting was reportedly relocated to California to prevent a strong reaction from China. I think it was part of the considerations of Tsai's transit diplomacy. On top of that, China has been putting pressure on the U.S. Congress, including pressure on Mr. McCarthy. So having some flexibility was for the sake of practicality. I think that President Tsai's meeting with Speaker McCarthy in California will still be a major breakthrough for high-level exchanges. Reports say Tsai will depart for the U.S. on Youth Day on March 29th. She'll reportedly set off right after attending a ceremony at the National Revolutionary Martyr Shrine. As annual meetings between major government bodies are being held in Beijing, China is taking the opportunity to fire up its propaganda machine. In one video published by China Daily, foreigners recruited by the state media outlet sing praises for the Chinese political system, while criticizing America's democracy. The latest propaganda is appearing at a time when sentiment towards China is at an all-time low. 
with 50% of Americans in the latest Gallup poll responding that China is the number one enemy of the U.S. Let's hear more. In Beijing, the annual two sessions held within China's parliament and national political advisory body have commenced. But foreign media coverage is severely restricted. Just outside the hall where the sessions are held, communication between officials and the media is non-existent, with most officials simply rushing off at the sight of a reporter. The delegates quickly rush out before we have a chance to approach them. However, amid the foreign media silence, there appeared one video published by state propaganda outlet China Daily. In the video, whose title translates to Foreigners Discover Differences Between China and the U.S. from the Two Sessions, two supposed foreign reporters recruited by China Daily praised the Chinese system and criticized the U.S.'s democracy. China's political system is that China is on a bus. Everyone agrees where they're going. So right now China's going towards prosperous, socialist nation in all respect. And I feel in America, especially in recent years, like it's a broken down bus on the side of the road. Like no one can agree where they're going at all. Current political sphere is to avoid, as it says, avoid the weakness of older systems wherein there is division and inefficiency created by parties acting in their best self-interest. However, both of the people in the video have since been exposed by the Voice of America as not being journalists specializing in Chinese or American politics. The video only reveals how Chinese official media is an echo chamber for political propaganda. According to the latest poll from Washington-based analytics company Gallup, only 15% of Americans have a favorable opinion of China, a record low. 50% went as far as to consider China as the nation's greatest enemy. For Republicans in particular, that percentage reached a soaring 76%. In contrast, 77% of Americans had a favorable view of Taiwan, the highest in nearly 27 years. 47% expressed that a conflict in the Taiwan Strait would pose a serious threat to U.S. interests. The whole atmosphere in the U.S. now is about how to maintain security in the Taiwan Strait. It's like that everywhere. Look at all the military exercises, the alliances and exercises with Japan and the Philippines and Australia. As relations between the U.S. and China stay strained, anti-China pro-Taiwan sentiment has become the mainstream in America. A new study suggests that patients with rheumatoid arthritis get best outcomes from a combination of conventional medicine and alternative therapies. It says that traditional Chinese treatments like acupuncture and bodywork may improve the quality of life of arthritis patients when used alongside conventional drugs. The study was conducted by Taipei Veterans General Hospital Center for Traditional Medicine. Miss Xu, 65, owns a breakfast diner. For 15 years, rheumatoid arthritis has caused her joints to swell and ache. She has pain in both her hands, but she carries on making breakfast every morning. She took conventional medicine at first, but they were expensive, and taking high doses of steroids caused significant side effects long term. 
We often get stomach pain because of the medicine. It seems like it stops the pain, but actually, it's also damaging me quite a lot. So that's why I sought help from traditional Chinese medicine. The new research from Taipei Veterans General Hospital suggests that patients do better if they take conventional medicine combined with therapies like acupuncture, moxibustion, bodywork, and external herbal lotions. Acupuncture and moxibustion in particular have anti-inflammatory immunomodulatory functions, and they're not very invasive, so they are very helpful for patients. Traditional Chinese medicine treatments don't just stop pain, but also disperse wind, which is to say they reduce symptoms caused by climatic changes. There are currently 100,000 rheumatoid arthritis patients in Taiwan. TVGH's study on combinations of medicine with alternative treatments has been published by an international medical journal and may serve to give patients more options in the future. Today we meet a couple who are passionate about the joys of slowing down and enjoying a quieter life. Liang Hongliang and Ran Yuxi decided to step out of the rat race and take up farming. They hope to get closer to nature and take better care of their health. Now they grow their own food and are embracing traditional cooking methods. Visitors to their farm come to get a taste of nature and say it's a great way to take space from the hurried pace of city life. Liao Hongliang and Ran Yuxi gave up their old jobs and embraced a farming life to manage the demands of Ran's genetic disease. They planted everything here by hand. Although their harvest isn't stable yet, they feel much more healthy and happy now than they did in their old life. Because of my wife's health, we changed to this farming lifestyle, which agrees better with our future. We came back here to farm in order to love each other and to love this life. Here in the greenhouse, you can see the winter strawberries ripening, as well as many other vegetables and herbs. Liao and Ran embrace eco-friendly farming and promote the small farm lifestyle. They say that growing and consuming your own food is a route back to a kind of original beauty. So we want to show everyone what the taste is like when you harvest your own food and grow it yourself. That's the flavor we want to pass on to the next generation. Liao tips fresh strawberries into a bowl and heats them, then stirs in maltose, a traditional sweetener. The kids love this traditional strawberry jam. Visitors can rent simple rooms in the shape of water pipes for a bit of peace and quiet to slow down and be close to nature. You can see the greenery and the beautiful strawberries, get away from electronics for a while, away from all the electromagnetic buzz. The couple took up farming as a way to care for themselves and the earth. Now they're making a living from the farm and helping others get closer to nature too. So far this week, the west coast of Taiwan has seen pleasant weather with sunny skies and a light breeze. Unfortunately, those are also the conditions that prevent pollution from dispersing. Air quality was poor on Thursday, especially in central Taiwan, Yunling, Jiayi, Tainan and Jingmen. All these areas were on red alert for population, which is dangerous to all groups. The situation may only improve on Sunday when northeasterly winds are set to get stronger. Let's hear from the Environmental Protection Administration.
The weather has been quite good these days. Winds near Taiwan have been quite weak, and they've been mostly easterly. So local pollution created on the west coast is accumulating there. That will be the case until Sunday and Monday. On Monday evening, northeasterly winds will blow in, which should bring some improvement. But from our observations, these winds may actually bring over a small amount of pollution from abroad. We'll have to see how much pollution comes our way to know whether there will be an improvement. Over the next three days, the air quality is set to remain rather poor. The EPA advises the general public to avoid doing strenuous exercise outdoors and to keep a mask handy. Starting Friday, direct flights to several Chinese cities will resume as COVID restrictions are gradually loosened. Currently, there are only direct flights to five airports in four cities in China. That is Shanghai, Beijing, Xiamen and Chengdu. Starting Friday, regular services will be restored to another 10 destinations, including Guangzhou. Airlines will also be allowed to request permission to offer charter flights to an additional 13 Chinese cities. The Mainland Affairs Council says the reopening is hoped to be a message of goodwill, saying that resuming flights could be a foundation for increased cross-strait exchanges. ITB Berlin, the world's largest tourism trade fair, is back on after a three-year break due to COVID. Of course, Taiwan was present at the event, with a pavilion showcasing Taiwan's tea and liquors. Attendees flocked to try a uniquely Taiwanese cocktail made of whiskey, four-season oolong, and pink guava. Well, of course, Grant has more opportunity to attract more travelers and support our small... ITB Berlin is in full swing with Taiwan amid its participants. At Taiwan's pavilion, tea caddies line the shelves on the wall. Wooden stools make the pavilion feel like a local tavern. A mixologist juggles the tumbler to create a delicious concoction of Taiwanese whiskey, Four Seasons Oolong and Pink Guava. It was a hit, attracting many German politicians and fairgoers. Taiwan's representative to Germany invited all attendants to visit Taiwan with a friend's family or partners. Three years ago, we couldn't hold this travel fair, but now we can finally do it. It's something we had to do. Taiwan's de facto ambassador called on people to travel to Taiwan to try out authentic Taiwanese tea. A German parliamentarian spoke highly of Taiwan's natural scenery and kind people. It shouldn't just be a short trip to Taiwan. We should continue promoting Taiwan for its friendly people and beautiful scenery. And of course, it's fantastic teas and whiskies. A raffle was also held at the pavilion, giving out two round-trip tickets to Taiwan, putting everyone in high spirits. As we head into mid-March, it's the season for Valencia oranges, which are a specialty in Taidong. Many visitors like to head down to fruit farms to pick the juicy, sweet, sweet and tart variety. And unlike most oranges, the Taidong Valencia has a special quality. It fruits and flowers at the same time. You can enjoy the delicate wide orange blossoms while you harvest the fruit. An orange tree hangs laden with fruit, filling the air with a delicious fragrance. The branches also carry beautiful tiny white flowers. 
Valencia oranges normally flower and then fruit, but for this special Taidong variety, the blossoms indicate the fruit is ripe. The small little fruits come out at the same time. This rather special characteristic makes some people call it the three generations living together orange. Most tangerine-like oranges take 8 to 10 months between flowering and harvesting the fruit, but Valencia oranges need a whopping 14 months. That long maturation time makes the fruit especially sweet, tart, and fragrant. It's delicious, a very special flavor, kind of tart, but also sweet. The quality is a bit more stable now compared to last year, because last year we didn't have any typhoon disruptions, so the size and color of the fruit are rather more even. We will maintain the same price as last year. March and April is the season for Valencia oranges. Many passers-by like to come down to this farm to climb up into the tree and collect their own. They can picnic on the delicious fruit right away. The juicy oranges combine the best qualities of many different varieties. Have you ever dined inside a bamboo forest? Well, now you can make it happen at a grove in Nanto. The picnic experience is offered by locals of Lugu Township. Tourists first cook their lunches on a charcoal fire, then they experience gaoliang tasting. And the day is complete with a picnic under the trees. If you're a fan of nature, it's a great way to get a peek into Taiwan's rural traditions. Charcoal is turned over, so steel food boxes can be played on top to heat up. Meanwhile, people are wrapping sweet corn and bananas in aluminium foil. When the food for the bamboo forest picnic is taken care of, then it's time for a liquor opening ceremony. An electric drill bores a hole in the tree, and golden gaoliang liquor immediately flows forth. After seven days of fermentation, it has become bamboo dew. This visitor tastes a glass and enjoys its delicate bamboo aroma. The fresh scent is very noticeable. The bamboo flavor is very light. It creates a little aftertaste. We pour gaoliang into the bamboo. We get the tourists to find where the liquor is in the tree and experience how you can store liquor in the empty center of the bamboo. When the eats and drinks are ready, it's time for the main event. Lids come off to reveal crunchy cabbage, sausages, fried eggs, and braised meat. This bamboo's foot rice is full of flavors and colors. Visitors sit at low tables here in the midst of the bamboo forest to enjoy a unique picnic. It's not like going to a restaurant with all the noisy clamor of people talking. Here we really enjoy the atmosphere of the bamboo forest. The romantic picnic is based on the daily working routines of bamboo farmers from history. Now, it's a tourist experience to try for just one day, but it still provides a moment of relief from the busy city and space to unwind in the quiet of nature. Looking to buy eggs? Now there's no longer any need to run from store to store hunting them down. An app developer in Tainan has created a convenient online platform where users can report at what stores they have or have not seen eggs on shelves. The platform is simple, a map of Taiwan with markers in four colors, which represent the level of stock for eggs in each store. Already over 200 stores that have reported their stock. Now you can see where eggs are available in seconds. 
The days of running around town only to find empty shelves are over.